0: Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home.
1: Beyond the the headlines, this is World Insight.
0: Hello, I'm Tian Wei. Uh, Welcome to World Insight. Culture lets us widen our minds and our spirit. It connects with our shared history and our shared future. In that sense, the challenges we're experiencing today, be it fragmentation or geopolitics, can even be described as a storm in a teacup. Today, let's meet two people I interviewed from different parts of the world recently and hear their thoughts on cultural heritage, how it has been shaped, and how it is constantly shaping all of us. First, Miguel Piotrowski, the director of the State Hermitage Museum, one of the world's largest and most prestigious museums with over 3 million items in its collection from all over the world throughout human history. One estimate even has it that one would need 11 years to view each exhibit on display for just one minute. I visited Miguel Piotrowski earlier this year. He showed me around the Hermitage and walked through halls of collections. He said he believes culture, the universal appeal of the arts, go beyond borders. Mr. Director, what a pleasure to see you once again. It's
2: my pleasure.
0: What does that mean for a museum director like you, running one of the largest museums in the world and now needs to face, you know, geopolitics, economic slowdown, which is important for a museum also to have enough funding and support, as well as uh, very uh, innovative technologies likely to change the whole picture, for example, GPT and others. So how are you trying to cope with all of these things happening all at the same time.
2: One of the recipes is hard work. You have to work and to work and to work, which when people work, they well, they always find solutions when they just sit and uh, cry about problems. They don't find solutions. So it's for the people. And also we try to engage uh, people who are around in museum life in some different ways, uh, which is also a good way to overcome the problem so that's how it is and we are trying to explain again how imp- museums are important we are showing it it's it's a therapy uh, it's also museum makes people think seriously or more seriously about things museum doesn't explain much you look at the picture and we try to make people think when they look
0: at the picture mm. but to understand the different culture is certainly a task uh, so when we are thinking that we are all knowledgeable about the world, but actually we're sitting in a very small dark box, just like the social media has presented to us, for example, through algorithm. So through your work, how would you be able to broaden the horizon of those visitors?
2: Well, this is exactly our work. What is the Hermitage? The Hermitage is a museum of world culture. It's a great let's say, event, a great uh, symbol of Russian culture. But the symbol of Russian culture is culture which is absorbing other cultures. It's a museum of world culture. We're not showing Russian culture. We're showing world culture in, well, let's say, translated into Russian language, something like this. So it's important that it's all all universal. And people must study to understand different languages. They must, we try to learn them how to understand the language of Spanish painting which is special how to understand the language of Chinese painting and what is the difference between Chinese painting and Korean painting and so Japanese. So we have for this, it's our work. That's how we have, we have to explain it and people are interested. We try to explain to the people and we, we do it that different is beautiful. It's beautiful to be different, to have different things.
0: Um, a lot of people today think that they are experiencing something that has never happened in history. But it seems that, Mr. Director, you are suggesting much of what we are seeing today has been repeated in different ways many times in history. But does it teach us to be smarter or are we repeating the same mistakes?
2: We study them and we can well from this study we can to change a little bit the results of mistakes but in general we don't learn from history but it's better to know history even it leads to well to have better ways of getting out of the problems in which we bring us themselves.
0: Uh, I really wonder, you know, as things evolve, as the East and now, for example, Asia is rising, both its economy and also diverse cultures are being more known to the rest of the world, and they should be, uh, how do you see, you know, your understanding of the research subject, which you have been focusing on for decades?
2: You know, one thing is, is very important. First of all, it's so wonderful that this. Uh, world begins to understand it and interested in differences and different cultures and so on. So we can study them more profoundly because connections are better. There are a lot of data. So some years ago we only had data, for instance, in art, most of European art. Now we have a fantastic data on uh, Eastern art. Uh, asian and, and african and uh, arabic lands and so on. so this is much easier to work and another thing is very important which also is stressed by what we have in hermitage universality of the world culture the culture is the world is divided we have different cultures but the more we study different cultures we understand and we have to explain that the whole culture belongs to the world culture of different every nation belongs to the whole world. It's very important, it's not always understood, because sometimes we speak, oh, our Russian culture is our culture, don't touch us, and other people. But there is one thing, when your culture belongs only to you, it means you can destroy it, it's yours. So it comes always in human history, and it's important to understand that it belongs to everybody. That's why people, well, we are always saying, well, people want to cancel Russian culture, all in the West, and we don't let them cancel. Nobody can cancel Russian culture because it's not only Russian, it's the world culture. It's, that's why it can be canceled because it belongs to everybody. And this is dialectic of, well, being your own and belonging to the world. It's it's not an easy because we have an opposition in this kind of discussion, but we it's exactly our mission to promote this general view of the world as the culture being belonging to the whole world.
0: How could you bring more life to the museum Uh, and also be able to face the competition? The competition, I mean, for example, collecting artworks from different parts of the world. Now it's tremendous competition, I would say, if you look at the auction house and many other places. One thing
2: which we have to divide, sometimes we don't divide it, the scheme of museums and galleries. Usually, well, it was a period all democratic, no difference, museum, galleries, there is a difference. Museum is non-commercial, and museums don't really they do compete but their competition is not like a commercial one or the galleries. Museums compete in a big way. museums have to present scholarship, good display, history, connection with the public and this brings you funds and this brings collections to you museum don't buy don't buy things on auctions. you can never compete with them but those who buy things then will give it to the museums if they see that the museum is. Well, really, because, you know, people collect. But then certain moment at the end of their life they think, well, what will happen? And they understand that the best place for their things is museum. So museum has to uh, provide this kind of uh, idea of stability, which also is one thing. Another thing, museums don't really don't compete. We compete in certain things, but every museum adds to another museum in this world picture. We, we know how to work together. We feel, once again, this idea of the one world. Mm -hmm. We know how to work together, and there is is (coughs) certainly uh, Gugun is getting more visitors than the Hermitage. But we don't compete. We know that their visitors will come to us. Our visitors will come there, and we'll make exhibitions there, here, and there. Mm -hmm. And all together, great museum names are well-known, and people cherish them. So it's a competition on another level.
0: Mr. Director, in China, I'm sure you have noticed a cultural trend of looking into more depths of Chinese civilizations. At a time of great change, many Chinese are looking at that and trying to seek strength, while at the same time, better understanding of where we are coming from and what we can do for the rest of the world. How do you understand this phenomenon?
2: Well, you know, I think uh, it's a phenomenon which is stressed in the societies from some time, and then it's not stressed. Well, the importance of your own culture. What from our point of view and from the study, what my my studies, Oriental studies, is to uh, always to use two ways of optics. Your optic from your civilization and the optic of the civilization which you study or you present in the museum. And you can combine them both. It's very important. It's your culture, but it also belongs to other people. Chinese culture is Chinese culture, but it also belongs to us in different ways. And we have a lot of ways to study. Well, you know you have Chinese uh, porcelain and you have Chinese porcelain made for importation and you have European porcelain which tried try to look like Chinese. All of them are not only different, they are part of important well, cultural development and interrelations. So I think important the uh, importance of your own culture must be always connected with understanding this is your it belongs to the world. And to study all these interconnections, how it works, how it takes to mutual benefits. You know, there is no, uh, uh, it's a uh, kind of a cri- cultural crisis with the things which we call appropriation, you know. Appropriation of other cultures. And sometimes there are problems. Why do you have an exhibition on, called uh, Egyptomania, for instance, about how European culture was appreci- appropriated and, well, uh, using ancient culture of Egypt, who developed its own culture. Sometimes today, people say, oh, it's bad. Don't touch other cultures. No, you can take from other cultures sometimes things which are not exactly of the same sense which are in their culture, but they are somehow used and become part of the world culture. And the same thing with the Russian uh, culture, you know, Dostoevsky, Dostoevsky. But Dostoevsky is understood in Japan, America, China, and Russia differently. It's different, It's, it's great art. Uh, write differently. Same thing with the music. Even with ballet, yesterday we had a round table together with Nikolai Skaridze, speaking about Orient and ballet, Russian ballet in different places. It's, uh, we're talking about the Chinese ballet, now the best Ch- after Russia, Russian ballet in the world. <laughs> but also there are differences in understanding and how it plays out, what is a part of it in Chinese culture, in American culture and so So It's our field, we have to play with this and to to show how it always interconnected. And that makes us beautiful. One thing again, different is beautiful.
0: Mr. Director, you know a lot of people these days are using the quote coming from Charles Dickens in his novel saying this is the best of the time, the worst of the time. So I really want to ask you a naivety question so what time is this what kind of time is this well
2: first of all it's interesting time
0: <laughs> that's and, for sure
2: and every time has its own interest you know it's like in your life you know it's wonderful to be when you are 15 years old it's great to have be 30 years old much each period has some good and bad sides and it's great to be 50 years 60 years 70 years each period has its own important things and you, what's the important is you always must be active you always must. Reflect and try to do the best of your own for in the situation which you have. Because the times and it's there always can be something worse than today.
0: I like your optimistic attitude. Thank you so much, Mr. Director, much. for well sharing your pleasure. precious time. Thank you. This is World Inside with Me Tian Wei. coming up. Ancient roots of globalization what it means for today's common and existential threats in the words of the President of the International Council for Philosophy and Human Sciences. Stay tuned. Welcome back. This is World Insight with me, Wei. Globalization is a word invented recently in human history. But scholars argue it already started with our ancestors' first movement out of Africa. Along the river of human history, globalization lit up diverse civilizations on Earth. With that as a backdrop, how can we understand more sophisticated globalization and its challenges today? On these and more, I talked to Louise Oosterbeek, the president of the International Council for Philosophy and Human Sciences. At a time when globalization is being challenged, many are asking these important questions where we are from, who we are, how much we share together, and with that shared uh, commonality, what can we do uh, together?
3: And possibly most of my colleagues would agree that globalization is a very old process. It starts uh, from prehistory. We we could even say that globalization starts in the, with, with humans, but um, at least we can say that for the last 14, 15,000 years, there has been a, a growing interaction of different cultures and what was in the past establishment of differences, of cultural differences to stress identity, eventually led to the creation of multicultural clusters of humans. The civilization is a compound of different cultures where people understand they are different. They they may speak different languages, they may dress differently, they may have some different values, but nevertheless, they think they share some commonalities. You and me, we can be very different. We may like things which are very different, However, we share something that justifies that we should live together. That's basically the, the, the issue. So there should be no boundary between us. Mm-hmm. So globalization is a putting down boundaries. And this is why moments of globalization, moments where trade grows, where exchange of ideas is, moves faster
0: innovation moves faster. How do you see civilizations uh, interacted with one another throughout history? You know, in China and the surrounding Asia, and even to Europe, uh, there's uh, the ancient Silk Road. Uh, There are other examples of similar kind. What have that uh, really taught us so far? Um, Many of us thought we have been experiencing some of the things that has never happened in history, only new today. But uh, many of the historians I've been talking to seem to brush their shoulder and say, you know, similar things happened that happened before, maybe even more degree than what we're experiencing today. So your comments on both of these?
3: You, You used a very important word, which is experiencing. And um, actually, when we talk about the the beginning of farmers and the lifestyle we have created with the economy of production and with sedentism, created something that before was not a problem. The late hunter-gatherers moved a lot, uh, thousands and thousands of kilometers, and they had different cultures and they interacted with different cultures. But when they did that, everyone in the group would do it. So the whole group would be exposed to cultural diversity. It could accept it or reject. But every time they would accept, the whole community would move into a a later stage of what we call today globalization. The kind of life we have created for ourselves in the last ten thousand years made it that the majority of people don't actually experience this because they don't travel. There are only basically historically two types of groups that remain during that, and you mentioned the Silk Road. The, the two groups were the traders, because whenever boundaries were created, they would try to move across the boundaries. And then the warriors, because also the warriors went across. And, and, and it's interesting, for example, when we talk about wars, we know historically through testimonies And also today, if you talk with military people in different cultures, in different regimes, military people normally don't like wars Mm. because military people are culturally exposed to diversity. And the more exposed you are to diversity, the less you feel like killing the other because it's very difficult to kill the people you know. It's very easy to kill if you don't recognize they are humans or that they are... But if you do recognize you will always try to find another way. And this is why I would say that people that travel, today we have also tourists. For me, tourists are very important, not because of leisure and economy and so on, but because tourists will tend to be in favor of this kind of cultural globalization. Mm -hmm. They understand that putting cultures together does not undermine their diversity. On the contrary, it reinforces diversity through trust. This is what what came to my mind, experience. And today we have a a dramatic issue. People experience less and less. What do people do today to understand the the world? They look at the screen, they go to, to the internet, but the internet does not provide a tangible experience.
0: So you don't think a technology, for example, artificial intelligence, despite of the convenience and the, shall I say, productivity, uh, capacity, uh, does not necessarily bring human beings a diverse possibility for experiencing a life that would help them to understand the world the world is really like?
3: Well, I think artificial intelligence is something fantastic, and uh, I'm not among those who, are, who is afraid. Uh, I'm not. But on the other hand, uh, any tool is only a tool, and the digital tool has a a severe cognitive implication because our brain is a muscle, and this is a muscle that operates and grows and develops, becomes more complex in relation to all the muscles in our body. As you have seen, I use many gestures when, when I talk, it depends on the cultures, but. But people move when they talk, and they, and they move when they think. Uh, the, the Romans had a, a very interesting expression, mens sana in corpore sano" means the good mind builds through the good body. Cultivating the mind requires cultivating the body. Through thousands of years of education, we understand mm-hmm. in all schools, we teach sports. Why do we st- teach sports? We teach sports empirically. Because building the body for kids is fundamental for them to learn. It's not only because of the leisure or whatever, it's because they become more intelligent when they right. run. You don't do anything of that with, with a computer.
0: Another question about the, quote unquote, the East and the West. How do you see uh, later value systems, religion, uh, philosophy has been helping or dividing uh, the world?
3: They are not so big. And then they are complementary. What is interesting is there are elements. If if you would, would like to say something in a very simplified, oversimplified way, uh, Western approaches have emphasized, particularly in the last centuries, in the last few centuries, the importance of the individual and individual rights. And this is very important. It's a major conquest, I think, in terms of humankind, of humanity, of building the human, the idea that each person should be protected and has rights. But Eastern philosophies have emphasized the right of the group. And the right of the group is also fundamental, because without it, we don't lose our major capacity, which is collaborating. So in the future, we need both. It's always a difficult balance. And the responses are maybe not exactly the same, but in the end, if you ask anyone in the West, don't you think the collective is also important? They will say yes. Yeah. And if you ask anyone in the East, don't you think individuals also have, are important? People will also say yes. Uh, so it, we, we, this is the, the diversity that we can learn to try to put together, not to obtain a unique response. Because this will Mm. never happen.
0: And that's all the time we have for today. If you'd like to know more, search World Insight. Check out our YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. I'm Tian Wei. Bye for now.
1: Once upon a time, in a land not so very far away. Stories were told of the brave and the bold. The whole court fell silent to hear what the great warrior Mulan might ask for. Of mighty deities and powerful immortals. Immediately, the shimmering skin started to grow before his eyes. Of fated love and love sanctified. In dawn's golden light, Lang said. Marry me. Of great journeys across fantastical landscapes. So the cat and the mouse climbed on the dog's back, and the dog swam across the broad river. In the company of friends and enemies and unimagined beasts. Yeah! Good to see you. Of ordinary folk with tantalizing stories to tell. Heroes and heroines all.
2: It's incredible. How did you do that?
1: Tales of sad sacrifice and victories snatched from the jaws of defeat. Stories of the wise, the accomplished, and the quick of mind. 5,000 years of amazing Chinese folk tales. You'll find Chinese Folk Tales Season 3 wherever you discover your favourite podcasts. Dive into news like never before with Deep Dive, the podcast from CGTN Radio. Join our global reporters for captivating stories and thought-provoking conversations. Search Deep
0: Dive on your favorite podcast platform and get ready to dive in.